You're listening to the pulpit ministry of North Life Baptist Church with Pastor Harley Snowd. At North Life Baptist Church, our mission is to encourage each person to take the steps of loving God, growing together, and serving others. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.northlife.church. Now, stay tuned for today's message. All right, in just a second, Brother Heath's going to come and uh, share tonight, and uh, good to see everybody here this evening. Just a thought uh, before he comes, I shared this briefly this morning. Um, so I remember having a conversation with Ms. Becca, who played uh, piano tonight, also is navigating uh, long COVID and some of the challenges that go with that, and several others in our church as well. But I remember meeting with her and uh, Miss Katie and Brother Heath early on, and I said to them, I said, I hate to ask this question, but I said, what if this doesn't go away? I think they probably remember me saying that, like, thanks, Pastor, for the encouragement. But I said, you know, this could easily be what would be categor- categorically chronic. And, uh, and as uh, the last couple of years have borne out, uh, at least to this point, has been somewhat that uh, is the case. And I shared this morning with our church, for those who are here tonight visiting, um, there was an article, two articles that jumped out at me, just this just came across my newsfeed yesterday and today. One was a third of all job vacancies are attributed to long COVID right now of folks who aren't able to come back to work and are navigating things. And Brother Heath will share about how this is impacting him. And then the other one I saw just this afternoon was talking about the lengths that long COVID sufferers are going to to try to deal with the symptoms. And they were talking about the money they've spent, the unorthodox treatments they that they have undergone or been willing to try um, they've been using off-label remedies, uh, poorly tested kind of things. And some of the sufferers that I was reading, they were talking about they're literally willing to try anything. They just reached that point. And they even said, even if it kills me, I'm willing to try it. And uh, I've been uh, in contact with the others in our church that have been navigating this, but probably Heath and I have had the most conversation with his being a man and just our previous connections. And it has been a joy to see God's grace at work in his life and uh, he asked if he could share this next week. He'll be finishing up um, at the police department in Wadsworth and just to share kind of what God's taught him through this journey and also to help us pray with him and to partner with him in the next phase for their family and uh, what vocationally God has for him. So, Brother Heath, if you'll come share tonight, appreciate you opening up your heart and uh, soul to us. I trust God will use it in each of our lives. Good to have several visiting tonight as well, and I trust God will use uh, his truth tonight. Are you good? Thank you, Pastor. All right, you can, if you need that, that's right there, too. Okay. After an hour and a half, I may decide to sit down. (laughs) We may choose to stand up. Psalm 63.3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for another day you've given us. Thank you for the freedom and opportunity to come in here, Lord, and worship you with uh, the rest of the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the many blessings uh, you give us, Lord, that we don't deserve. Thank you, Lord, for each day. Lord, thank you for your son and the salvation and hope you offer through him. Thank you, Lord, for bringing each soul here tonight. Lord, I pray that uh, as we go about this evening, Lord, I don't have what it takes. I pray you give me the words and the energy, Lord God, and let your spirit move uh, within this building and knock on the the hearts of each person here um, as you see fit. Lord, we just pray you be glorified and honored in all that's said and done. In your precious name, we praise you. Amen. 
I want to let you know I approach this with reverence and all. It's a, it's a serious thing to be up here and preach the Word of God. I thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. This is kind of like the sequel to last year's message I gave in August. Uh, I was kind of hoping that the sequel would be, I'm back on the road in uniform. Uh, that's not the case, but uh, something better is on the horizon. Uh, as you noticed uh, this morning with Pastor's big words he used in the sermon, um, I looked over at a fellow long hauler in a row. I was like, those are some big words. I was like, yeah. Um, I'm not as articulate as Pastor. I'm not as funny as Pastor Dave. I'm not as good looking as Pastor Nate. So what else is there? None of them have the title for longest sermon. So tonight, let's see what I can do. Um, he didn't really give me a time limit, a set time. Yeah, yeah I think he did. Uh, but last week on the panel, I discussed having a 2 a.m. friend, someone you can call on at 2 a.m. So I was teasing Brother Rod after church last Sunday. I was like, hey, man, I was like, I should have broadcasted up on the stage that you'd be willing to be everybody's 2 a.m. friend since you're awake and working. And so I decided uh, he could be the 2 to 4 a.m. And Pastor Dave gets up at like 4 a.m. I was like, he could be the 4 to 6 a.m. slot. And then uh, Pastor Nate from 6 a.m. to midnight. Um, <laughs> and if you wanted to be a good friend with a long hauler, you can call us at 12 noon when we wake up and call us before 2 p.m. before our afternoon nap. So we got a tight window there. You got to get a hold of us. If you really want to be a friend with one of us. Uh, speaking of long haulers, my weekly brain fog story, you got to keep record. Um, I tried to do something nice for somebody. I don't drink soda often. Um, so I went and got a soda this past week at the Polar Pop Fountain at Circle K. There's a couple things you don't do with brain fog. Um, and I go in there and I get the cup and I put it under the dispenser in a brain fog. And I don't care what else happens around me when I'm in a brain fog. Like, you're not going to really notice someone walking into the door to rob the store in a brain fog, it's not going to dawn on you, this is a high-pressure situation. So I just get there, I'm standing there getting the soda, and it doesn't dawn on me, because the Bible says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing when you're doing something nice for somebody. Well, my right hand should have pulled my left hand back because the cup was overflowing and I didn't know, it was way too full, and it kept going and going, and it didn't register to pull the cup back. So I'm sorry to everyone else that came into the store after me because it was a sticky mess. Uh, and I tried to clean. It was embarrassing. My heart started racing. And I'm, yeah, I'm very sorry. Uh, but that's the weekly brain fog story. Um, so why are we here? Who is the author of your life story is the question. Uh, we live our life as if we're writing a book about ourselves. If you, if you sit back and realize, we all have goals, dreams, and desires. And we fill in our table of contents, like, okay, I would like to, you know, graduate high school, maybe go to college, career, family, spouse, retirement. And that's kind of like a lot of people's table of contents. So we, in, in advance, in the, we're thinking, all right, here's what my table of contents is going to look like. Well, I can tell you, whether you believe in God or not, he's already filled out the first and the last chapter of your book, your birth and your death. And throughout our entire life, because of pride, we fight him for the pen to fill in all the middle. Like, it's my life story. I'm going to write it. I'm going to fill out the table of contents as I see fit. And we do that. And it's the battle for the pen because of the pride. And our table of contents, if you look at, if you sit back, and you're like, all right, here's what my table of contents would look like. And you've got all these dreams and goals and desires. 
nobody's table of contents would ever include in their fantasy novel of life trials, failures, and major hurdles, tribulations, heartache, pain. Nobody's table of contents, they would, nobody would willingly put that down in their table of contents in advance. I didn't have that in my table of contents. Some may say, um, how can an all-powerful God that's full of love allow some chapters to enter my table of contents, right? Illness, injury in a major car accident, my parents' divorce, whatever it may be. You know, we lost our home in a tornado, job loss, anything. Like, why would a loving God do that? So they get... They resist God, they get angry with God, or God doesn't exist because the loving God wouldn't have allowed that chapter to exist in the first place. Revelation 4.11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. God is meant to be the author of your life story, the entire book, not the first and the last chapter. So in law enforcement, in our training, we're big on, in our defensive tactics, telling the perpetrator, drop the weapon, drop the knife, drop the bat, drop the gun, in our training scenarios. I can tell you tonight, none of that matters. Because you need to drop the pen. Because if you don't want to drop the pen, there's eternal consequences involved. And at times, I attempted to be the author of my own life story, I've run from God. I wanted to fill in the chapters myself. I wanted, to, I, wanted to, I wanted to title the chapters as I saw fit, and I wanted to fill in the contents. By God's grace and mercy, he brought me back over, over the course of my life. What did my chapters look like? They looked like everybody else. High school, get good grades, college, career, family. Oh, got his great job at the Wadsworth Police Department. 25 years, done, retire, serve God along the way, and everything should be fine. Not so much. On November 23rd, this here is my life story, illustration purposes. On November 23rd, 2020, God looks at me as his child, says, you're a little sleeping, you're sleeping, you're complacent, I need to bring you closer to me. Because I got a different mission. I got something better for you that you couldn't dream up yourself in your own table of contents. November 23rd, 2020, God looks at my table of contents and is like, I'm putting a new chapter in. There's a couple of OCD in the room, so I'm going to do this. Chief and pastor. Yeah, it did feel good. That's my, that's my going away present from my chief. Um, what happens when God inserts a chapter we don't like? What happens when our table of contents gets ripped out and reconstructed? And then you don't know what the rest of it looks like. God told me, he's like, I got something better in mind. I'm going to finish the story. I already wrote it before you were created. I'm going to finish it as I see fit. If you want to be a child of mine and be surrendered... I write the rest. He had to wake me up to that because I thought law enforcement was the best thing and that was my blessing and that's where I'm going to finish. 
Not so much. The, the hardest part is he turns the pages in his own timing. Moses waited for his call to go back to Egypt for 40 years before he saw the burning bush and got his assignment. I have no idea how long these chapters are going to be. None of us have any idea on the timing. But God says, I'm going to write the pages and I'm going to turn them when I'm ready. So God and I have had a little heart to heart and I've been humbled because I was full of pride before this happened. I wasn't paying attention to what mattered most. I wasn't seeking his kingdom with all my heart. I knew what was right. I knew what to do. But I wasn't fully awake before the master returned. Over the last 21 months, God added two chapters to my life story. I would, I would title them The Aftermath of COVID, which is what I've lived for 21 months. And the rest of my life probably will be blended with The Aftermath of COVID. Then the next chapter that starts this Wednesday when I leave the police department, August 31st at 4 p.m., I've decided to title it The Blind Road Ahead. I have no idea where it leads. I have no glimpse of what is on the next page in that chapter. I don't even know what it... I titled it myself because I'm blind to it. It's unknown. But I know who already knows the story. So who's the author of my story? Here's what I got to tell you. Here's what I'm excited about. Pastor, I get more time because I think slower and I talk slower. I'm so good on time. Colossians 1, 13 to 17. And I'll ask you to try and think back in your days, back to high school or whatever, or even as an adult, and you play pickup games on the basketball court, or you go out to recess and you're doing kickball and whatever, and, you're, and you got two captains and they're picking their team, right? Remember the good old days? Yeah. When I could play sports and run. And you got the two team captains, and everybody gets selected and they go to their sides. And you look over the opposing team like, we're going to crush you guys. This is, this is a walk. This is a piece of cake. Well, it's the same way with Jesus. I was like, this, we're going to crush you. Um, this, we cannot be overcome. We win ultimately. I and my story will win ultimately because of Christ. Colossians 1, 13 to 17. Hear who is writing my story now that I've been awakened, this is the author of my story. Starting in verse 13. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins? Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be, by, whether they be thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. That's the author of my story. So I shouldn't worry about what's on the next page. Starting this Wednesday at 4.01 p.m., that page gets turned, but I know who's turning it, and it's kind of exciting. The rebuilding process, I've referred... Um, to this process uh, as the, the aftermath of COVID chapter. For me, the Bible refers to us as the clay and God is the potter. He, he molds us as he sees fit. And 
I've, I've kind of joked and teased about the last 21 months, the Lord has just absolutely shattered my vessel to rebuild it. When your vessel is full of pride and you're wayward or you're complacent in your walk, it's time for a shattering, and he shattered it. God will grab your attention when he needs to grab it. And he grabbed it. I've been shattered. How have I been shattered? I'm not going to spend too long on the lamentations part of this, because last year I went over a lot of that. But over the last 21 months since my first COVID infection, I've had over 90 medical appointments. Thank you, Dad and Tony, for driving me to a lot of them and other members of the church, because I can't drive that well. I, have, I asked my doctor last month, I was like, i got to send in a form to the pension board for a disability process. I need a printout of my medical diagnoses. I had one before COVID. That was high blood pressure. That was genetic. It wasn't because I was fat. Um, but they gave me the list, and like, here's your list. It's like, okay. There's 29 things on that medical diagnosis list. Only four of those are from fatness. The other, 20, the other 25 just came out of nowhere. Uh, I'm currently on 11 prescription medicines that boggles my mind. I don't know what the normal, I don't know if I got off, if I got off of them, what my, my body would do. I've asked the neurologists and the cardiologists, well, you need to be on them. Um, I'm unable to safely drive, many of you know that. Um, I'm unable to function normally. I have good days and decent days and pathetic days. Uh, I think I've missed over like 1,800 hours of work in 21 months. Um, I can't lift my 46-pound son up to my face. It would be nice to wrestle and play with my son, who's crying out for attention from his dad. Climbing stairs? No. I'm not allowed to run. Cardiologist said I'm not allowed to run. I'm not supposed to run. I have to work back up to that. My personality, many of you probably didn't like it before. It's really different now. Uh, with all, maybe all the medications or just whatever's going on from COVID, but I don't like my personality now, but it is what it is. Um, I, I have trouble talking to people and engaging in conversation, and that's something that I used to love to do. Uh, so if I'm not good at conversation now, it's not because I don't want to talk to you. Um, I can't follow your conversation, really. Um, it's like I tell my wife, I was like, get your conversation done in like 30 seconds. And that was before COVID. <laughs> but what really hurts, as my clay pot has been shattered, is I can't, there's so many jobs out there, and I love to work. I'm a workaholic, but I can't. I either can't drive to them, I told my wife and my chief and everybody else I would get fired from the first job I applied to within a matter of weeks because of my attendance or I just can't grasp new information. Uh, my work ethic has suffered because of, because of this. I can't apply to any jobs. Of all these wonderful jobs out there, um, I can't do it. Disability is a headache. It's a humiliating headache. Uh, I have nothing positive to say about uh, the process, um, so I won't say anything at all, um, but I've been shattered. All I've ever known really is athletics, but construction and police work. 
you definitely, if I can't fill up a Polar Pop cup, that's probably why the chief keeps me off the road. Um, but you don't want me running a chop saw. Uh, I can't climb ladders. I can't do manual labor. So uh, all I've ever known is gone. The Lord ripped the table of contents out, and he's writing it over because I was supposed to finish 25 years at the police department and enjoy life. The blind road ahead chapter is where the rebuilding will take place, and this is what I'm excited about. Can God be trusted with the rebuilding process in the blind road ahead? Lord, I was in my prime when you did this. Reflecting on God's faithfulness, here's what I want you to remember tonight, brothers and sisters in Christ. Exodus 16, 32 to 34. And Moses said, this is the thing which the Lord commandeth. Fill an omer of it to be kept for your generations. Talking about manna that the Lord provided to the people of Israel. That they may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. And Moses said unto Aaron, take a pot and put an omer full of manna therein. And lay it up before the Lord to be kept for your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron laid it up before the testimony to be kept. They put it in the Ark of the Covenant. So the generations to come could see how the Lord sustained them for 40 years, brought them out of Egypt, so they could see and remember how good God was and is. So we have to do the same. I was like, I was like all right, uh, I need, so I'm not swimming in a pool of self-pity. I was like, I need to really remember God has done so many amazing things in my life and our married life that blow the human mind. And I could write a book on just the amazing things God has done of miraculous proportions. So I, I was like, I, I need to write down. Um, I started this January. I, I thought 2022 would be a little better than 2021. Uh, not really. Um, but I started writing down ways I've seen God's hand at work. Not just the normal the normal blessings from God and the little push and shove from God. But, hey, these things remind us that I've written down that God is walking the journey with us as the Studer family. And here's, here's some things. I had, uh, I had 17 things by March, so I'll just read a couple. But this is kind of like me putting the manna in the jar to remember, I got to be able to trust him because here's what he's done this year alone. Now, when I was up here last August, I went over how good God was in various capacities. And you can, you can, you can watch that. I'm not going to go over that again. But those were miraculous moments. Here's, here's what God's done since this past January. Not all of them uh, did I write down. Um, but safety while driving. On days I do drive, um, I don't know how many near serious accidents I've been into uh, by driving. Um, the Lord has protected me from absolutely demolishing someone else or my own car. Um, in January, there was about 12 inches of snow, and I was about, 
Uh, I thought I was going to die trying to clear off my own driveway um, with a little bit of little bitty snowblower and 12 inches of snow. Don't work so well. And I thought I was, I thought I was going to die. Um, and I was like, Lord, I, I can't. We have an inn down in Amish country down the road. I was like, there's no way. There's no way I can get over there and do this. Um, so I went down later in the day to the inn because I had to clear that driveway. And uh, I think my dad called. Somebody told me the, the driveway was already cleared at the inn. And because I was an amazing investigator at the police department, I found out very quickly through my investigation skills who did it. I just called the neighbor. <laughs> um, and they, her son went over and cleared the driveway. And he's like, hey, the pizza shop put all their wet snow at the end of your driveway. I was like, there's no way I could have done that myself. God was good. I asked him for help, and he helped. We, knowing I was probably going to be losing my job because I wasn't recovering, we refinanced our mortgage in January. Does God have control over the underwriter process? Yeah. Uh, because HR was like, hey, the Huntington Bank's trying to get a hold of me about a refinance. All right. We keep playing phone tag. It's like, well, I don't, she's like, I can't lie to him. It's like, I'm still employed. What if you just don't answer the phone? Um, anyways, the Lord compelled the underwriter to approve the loan without even further phone calls. Um, and that's a God thing. I've been on light duty for 18 months. Uh, chief pulled me off the road because I probably couldn't fill up a Polar Pop cup properly. Probably that's why. Um, Light duty for 18 months. Some agencies don't even have that option. My, my city has kept me for this long, knowing I can't even help them on light duty with full pay and health insurance coverage. So I'm very grateful to my city and to the Lord for directing that. Last year, up here, I told you the IRS refund. I was trying to pay off medical bills, and the IRS refund hadn't come in five months. At least with 87,000 new agents, it should come quicker. Um, this year, it came in three days. I was like, thank you, Lord. Um, the FOP at work agreed to pay for my disability attorney because I was not going to pay for a disability attorney out of pocket. I was going to accept my losses. This is what God chose and, and run, go with it. I'm not guaranteed disability. I got to go through the appeal process. Um, but I'm grateful to the FOP and the Lord for directing that. I exhausted all my PTO at work, my paid time off in February when I got COVID again. Um, and the city sent out a request for any donated leave from employees. Enough came in in the first uh, two or three days to get me through the end of this calendar year. But we had to put a deadline on my employment. But God has shown himself along this journey. Satan challenged me because I... I was trying to pay off a medical bill. The good thing is, the, on January 4th, I met the deductible for the entire year, so I was kind of grateful. I was like, thank you, Lord. I was like, got that out of the way, so everything else is pretty much covered. 
but I still had to pay the deductible. So I was, I was honestly waiting for my uniform allowance to come in March. I was like, I'll just pay the deductible with that. And so I didn't get the uniform allowance uh, because of my anticipated departure. Satan wanted me to lose my Christian testimony over why I didn't get that uniform allowance. And I was like, Lord, I was like, it all goes through you first. Every last, every last thing that happens to me goes through you first. That's not cool. I drive home. I pull in the driveway and get the mail. In the mail is an envelope from the Huntington Bank. And it's a check for $1,262 from overpayment of funds on the refinance closing process. The same day I got denied my uniform allowance, the Lord had this in the mail when I got home. He's reminding us that he's on this journey with us. I haven't looked at the clock yet, Pastor, and I'm not going to. Oh, that's fine. Oh, that's fine. I started to panic in January because a migraine medication got denied by insurance, and it was like four, it's like fourteen hundred dollars a month. I was like, I'll just, I'll just deal with the migraines. Um, uh, a special program kicked in; I don't have to pay for it at all. Um, so I'm grateful for that. That's the Lord. Um, my wife was driving me down to Columbus to meet with a disability attorney. And we pull in the parking lot. She pulls in the parking lot. I wasn't driving. But there was a big piece of metal sticking out the tire. I was like, we just picked that up because we wouldn't have driven all the way to Columbus with that sticking out of our tire. It's a metal shard. I was like, thank you, Lord, for getting us here safely, on time, at the attorney's office. Thank you, Lord. The Lord had to find us a shop to fix it. Every shop we called, they're like, we don't have enough employees to help fix the flat. I was like... I was like, that's sad. But uh, I was like, all right, uh, let's go over to this side of Columbus. Let's just drive by faith, and we'll figure it out. So we drove, we drove, and we found a place that fixed it for free. I was like, like God is good. God is good. Because um, if there's one place I don't want to be stuck with my wife, it's on the side of the highway. Even though I love her dearly, you don't want to be stuck on the side of the road with your wife. One thing I'll tell you, this will be the last thing on the list, but I got plenty more at home. It was, I think it was early August. I was on the riding mower, and it takes me two and a half hours to mow the grass on a riding mower, but it's, it's sad and pathetic, but I got to take breaks to even use a riding mower. Uh, so I, t- I was on the mower. I used that. My wife was like, why don't you just listen to something when you're on the mower? I was like, no, I just sing and really talk to God um, while I do it with earplugs in, because my, my ears uh, are in a lot of pain a lot of times. But um, So I'm mowing, and I'm like, i got to take a break. Riding is too, ex- too exhausting. <laughs> um, I'm like, Lord, I really could use some encouragement. I got, I got my real estate license. I got one house listed on the market. I can't solicit more work because I can't, I can't drive. I can't handle even the demands a lot of times of working at home. I was like, Lord, this house has been on the market. We've had like over 26 showings. The market has gone kind of cold in certain areas and certain uh, 
regions and every. And I was like, I was like, Lord, just like I told him last year with the IRS refund, do it in a way that glorifies you. So on the mower, I challenged the Lord. I was like, Lord, do it in a way that glorifies you. I just want a little encouragement. I get off the riding mower to take a break. And of all times I get off the riding mower, out of the two and a half hour period, my phone rings. I'm not a, I'm not a millennial, so I don't have it in my pocket at all times. I don't drive with it in my face. Um, so I went, and my phone's ringing when I go into the garage um, to sit down. Um, and it was a mortgage lender saying, I have a direct buyer for the property listed at this address of yours. They have no agent, but they want the house, and they want to walk through tonight. I was like, I can't drive. I can't drive up there. I don't, I don't even know who I'm going to get to get up there. I was like, tell them to get an agent. Uh, tell them to get an agent, and I'll give them the code to get in. Well, the house is under contract. They waived all inspections. And the closing date is set for the date where I should have had my next paycheck from the city of Wadsworth that I won't have. God's in every little detail. God's walking the journey with us as a family. Why should I doubt God now? The chapter of the Wadsworth Police Department has been 12 years long. Here's how the chapter started. If the list doesn't blow your mind that I just gave you, here's how this chapter started. I was working back in the Washington, D.C. area where I grew up, working as a road deputy for Loudoun County, Virginia. And our sergeant told us in roll call that morning before our 12-hour shift, that the sheriff had to cut a lot of money out of the budget. And the bottom 60 deputies may want to look for other employment based on seniority and the pending budget cuts. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, I just moved not too long ago when I got my degree from Ashland University to go back here to home. And I got a newborn baby and a wife. I was like, all right. So I was kind of discouraged, and I asked the sergeant, like, how serious should we take this? She's like, I'd start looking now. Okay. Um, I go my 12 hours on the road, kind of, kind of discouraged. It was a kind of a hectic day anyways. In Loudoun County, it's mostly traffic accidents because people can't drive. Um, but for 12 hours. At the end of the 12-hour shift, I look at my voicemails. Like I said, I don't have my phone in my pocket wherever I go. Um, I hate phones. Um, and it was a voicemail. Over a year later, from the director of human resources at the city of Wadsworth, over a year later, after I took the test, and he said, are you still interested in position for police officer? That was the same day I was told, you might want to start looking for another job. Over a year later, I get that same phone call from Wadsworth. I said, Sure. Like, how soon can I get up there? They worked things out, and they got everything done in one weekend. And the Lord, that's kind of like the burning bush I'm hoping I'll find here shortly. Like, there's your open door. It's kind of obvious for you. Um, but that's how this chapter started. 
And that's how God has been to us our entire married life. He shows us nonstop how good he is. Even though I hate the pain of leaving the police department, he's turning the page and he already wrote the next one. And I know it's, he knows uh, it's a whole lot better than what I could have dreamed of. But with my lack of faith and trust, when I doubt God and I try and lean on my own understanding and I doubt him, I act as if the Lord that just did that to start this chapter at Wadsworth is all of a sudden going to abandon me at 4.01 p.m. this Wednesday, August 31st. How foolish is that to think? With all he's done, with all the manna in the jar here that I just read, Satan still taunts me. Like God's going to abandon me at 4 or 1 p.m. this Wednesday. He's sovereign. He's unlimited. The real test, the real test of faith ultimately begins this Wednesday. I haven't, our marriage has been so good because I married an amazing woman, uh, but the Lord hasn't really tested our faith. My belief, my belief in Christ has been tested over the years, and I'll articulate um, my belief in Christ, but my faith has never been really tested like it is now. Leading up to this, I've been walking by sight. Constant paycheck. Everything's, everything falls in line as it should. I'm walking by sight. The Lord says, I need you to bring you closer to me because we got a different mission. So the real test of faith begins Wednesday because that's when the continual paycheck stops. Now, riding the waves of faith. I love the illustration of Peter wanting to get out of the boat and meet Jesus on the water in the midst of a storm. He had the passion to do so and the faith to try it. He started to sink when he, when he saw things got kind of tough. We all have different waves. As I look out of this boat, the good thing is the Lord gave me a heads up. He's like, hey, Wednesday, August 31st at 4 p.m., you and your family have to get out of this boat and meet me on the water. And like you saw with Peter, he got scared and he started to sink. Oh, you have little faith. But on Wednesday, you have to get out of the boat. It's been so comfortable in the boat because God has been so good to us. The comfort of the boat has become the norm in our family. Now we're really under pressure. But it'll be exciting. The waves that I see when I look out of this boat the first one that comes to mind is health insurance for six people. I still don't know what I'm doing with health insurance. And uh, Wednesday at midnight, we lose it all. But uh, whatever. <laughs> um, that's one wave. Jonah's probably going to jump off the roof of the house Thursday morning and like, here we go, here we go. <laughs> um, Medication costs, 
my medication costs for 11 prescriptions are well into the thousands, but so I'm trying to see which ones I could get off of. Um, finances as a husband and a father, uh, the only one that's worked outside the home for 13 years since we've had children. Uh, the finances is a huge wave. Uh, the mortgage, the disability process is a gigantic wave because it's, I have nothing positive to say. So I'm going to say it, it's just a big wave. Supporting my wife and kids in general as a husband and a father. The inn reservations, we have the inn in Amish country. I'm like, well, the Lord, like I told you last year, the Lord allowed me to finish the renovations on the inn a week before I got COVID. His timing has always been perfect, and I've explained that tonight. His timing is perfect. But the end reservations, the economy is kind of going stale. He'll provide. As long as we don't live negligently. Uh, the biggest ones are my, my, my chief, because he's compassionate and kind and cares about what's going on with me, has asked me for like uh, 18 months, uh, so what's next? I was like, I don't know. Um, I was like, we don't know who's working the next job. I don't, I don't want my wife to feel obligated to leave the house. I want her to stay home. Because I'm not homeschooling four kids. <laughs> if you've met my youngest one with a lot of energy, I don't have the energy to keep up. But who's working the next job? Is one going to be required? God may show us how amazing he is. But mostly, the biggest one, who's homeschooling? Uh, that's what I fear the most. Um, but like I said, none of this makes sense when I look out of the boat and see the size of these waves. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct that path. I still have my old long-term memory. I don't absorb new stuff well, but it's nice to have the Bible memorized that I did have before covid uh, I can't. I don't know the books of the Bible in order anymore, but I at least know what matters because um, it was in my heart before all this started. Bottom line is, my God gets the glory when things don't make sense to us. If they make sense to us, He's not gonna. The Lord can't glorify His name if I continue my career at the police department and we're taken care of and everything is fine and dandy. My coworkers can't see the pain and the trials, but now they can see the pain and the trials and how good God is. And they probably look at me like, "We mean how good God is? Look at yourself." I was like, "Just wait and see. Just wait and see." He's unlimited and sovereign. The trials and waves that are over your head are still under His feet. I want the passion of Peter to go meet my Savior on the water. I want the faith of Elijah, who facing potential death, took on the prophets of Baal, the false god, and said, you know, whoever's God consumes this sacrifice with fire, let him be God. If, and Elijah threw water on the sacrifice, three times to soak it wet, dug a trench around it and filled it with water. Like, my God's going to 
light this thing on fire, and it's going to consume it with all the water on it. And sure enough, because if God didn't perform it at that point in time, Elijah was going to die. I want the faith of Elijah. So I can tell you tonight with confidence, watch and see how good God is. I don't know his timing. But he's good. Um, So people ask, what's next for us as a family? As a father and husband, I still have no idea at all. I used to have the, the pride and the, the quick enough thought process, like, here's an answer. I, I can't make a decision. I can't make simple decisions. Um, so it's kind of nice uh, to throw it all at the Lord's feet on this one. Because um, I, no, I have no answer on job, health insurance. I have no answer at all. This is a new problem for us. But when you look at how this chapter started in Wadsworth, the same God that started that chapter and his timing is turning the page for the next one on Wednesday at 4.01 p.m. I'd probably, I'd probably be crying too much to even see him turn the page, but um, Psalm 62.8, I'll finish with that. I'm an early pastor. I got... We could turn to a whole bunch of other scriptures. <laughs> Psalm 62, 8. I read this last week on the panel. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. And there's an audio clip of a sermon. Um, that has meant a lot to me over the last year or so um, that I asked Pastor if it uh, could be played tonight. So um, in, a, in a moment, we'll play an audio clip. It won't be a video. So guys, it's four minutes long. It's not going to kill you to pay attention to four minutes of an audio. Can we do that? Four minutes, four minutes. Um, so with that, I thank you for your time. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity. But the, the audio will speak for itself because at the end of the audio, when, when people wonder, we've run into so many compassionate and kind, sincere people here at church, of course, but even at work. They're like, what's next? I'm like, I don't know. The end of this video will explain it for me um, in perfect detail. So with that, um, I'll, ask, I'll ask if you could play the video, and, and that'll be it. Or audio, not video. I'll pick, up the, I'll pick up the trash. Take now thy son, thine only son, and take him to a mountain I will tell thee of. So God says to this man who's been waiting all of his life for a child, and he finally got it. And God said, now take him to a place somewhere over when you get there and then I'm going to tell you what to do with it and Abraham is walking and he's leading and he's got responsibilities and he's got pressure and he's uncertain he's trying to figure out where he's going and he's walking and he's walking along and he's walking and the Bible said when he was yet three days off he looked up and saw the place 
afar off. He said, that's it right there. And, and, and the boys leaves and said, Daddy, uh, and, and you got all this wood, and, and we've taken this trip before, and we normally have a lamb. Did you forget the lamb? Where is the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God himself shall provide the sacrifice. And that's what I came to tell you tonight, that God will tell you while you walk. You've been praying, asking God for details, and God says, just start walking. And while you are walking with me, I will fill you in on what I want you to do. And so Abraham and the lad went to the mountain together. He has tied his son, his only son, to the altar. And Abraham has raised his knife to slay his only son. And God peels back the heavens and says, stop right there. All of this is just a test. And he says, if you obey me, I will show you. Look behind you. I want every one of you that has a problem, has an issue, has a need, has a child, has a circumstance under attack. I want you to understand that while you are going up one side, the answer is coming up the other side. It's coming. It's coming. But while Abraham was coming up one side, the provision was coming up the other. It will be there when you get there. The opportunity will be there when you get there. Just keep on walking by faith. Because on the other side of the mountain, God has a blessing. Everything you need to do what he called you to do will be there when you need it to be there.